We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, we are back. It is Monday. It is March 14th, and this is a big, big week, everybody. Number one, I'm back home, right? And I'm still a hot mess. I haven't even buttoned my shirt up as high as it needs to go. Got down here. It's about time to start the show. I hadn't unpacked my flag, which was packed up. I took Virginia. I didn't have my microphone with me. I was a hot mess, but you know what? Rule number 76, no excuses, pod like a champion. So I regrouped, and we are ready to rock and roll. We have a big show for you today, a big week for you, because on Thursday, Notre Dame starts spring ball. On Saturday, Friday, Saturday, there's some five-star big-time players coming, and we thought there was going to be a big-time player showing up on Thursday. That would be Cardinal Tate, five-star wide receiver. He's actually showing up tomorrow, and as Sean Davis found out for us, Ryan, you put the update about him being on campus, and then Sean obviously got a hold of Cardinal, and the reason he moved his visit up is because he's now staying for multiple days. Yeah, So he will be on campus for a few days. So it is big, big, big for Notre Dame. It's going to be a huge week. We're going to have a show on the recruiting visits later in the week as because there's, there's going to be some guys added. There's going to be some guys that can't show up. That's usually how it goes. So we'll have something here. Thursday, Thursday or Friday in regards to the weekend visit, but it's going to be a big one. We did have a, an article yesterday about it that uh, we all kind of put together as a staff, and uh, it, it's a big one, Ryan, and it kind of kicks off the recruiting visits, like spring visits. Notre Dame had like one junior day. They've been focusing on trying to get as many kids on campus for events, practices, blue-gold game, things like that. That's really been the emphasis for Notre Dame, which – Makes a lot of sense, but man, you look at the list. We have a running list of who's visiting between now and the blue gold game at Irish break on our message board at Irish Breakdown. It is an impressive group of dudes that are going to be on campus, Ryan. Yeah, no, it really is, and it's it's nice to see about Cornell because I mean, my original thought is, you know, what's the reason for moving the trip up? Is there another? trip that's going to be right after is he going to hit multiple spots maybe on like a midwest trail type of situation but obviously staying extra days is a big opportunity man for Notre Dame and it's a big tell that of his interest right like he wants to dive deep and he wants to get to talk to these coaches and he wants to be on campus and he wants to 
take everything in, which I, I mean, it's huge. It's a huge kickoff and it's going to be busy few months to say the least, but it's, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be, no it's going to be exciting to say the least, especially leading up to the blue gold game. Like you said, next month. So obviously Notre Dame, Cardinal Tate is part of what is a, a chase for a, an elite recruiting class. Right. Sure. And, Notre Dame currently has the number one class in the country, according to rivals. They're number one on the 247 composite list. And they're sitting at nine commitments, and they're off to a phenomenal start. And the difference now between what we have now and in the past is there's actually a board out there for them to continue adding some elite players. And that's really going to be the focus of today's show, Ryan. We got I got asked a question on Friday, because one thing I've said in the past is like, look, I just don't see how Notre Dame gets a number one class. And, and I'm not one of those, oh, it's too hard to recruit at Notre Dame. I've made other reasons why. Like, it's just there's a there tends to be a regional bias towards parts of the country that Notre Dame just doesn't get as many guys from. And, you know, there's all types of reasons why certain kids get bumped up because they commit to school A, B, or C, and that inflates ratings. I, I pointed out how, you know, when you look at rivals last year, all four of the five stars that Alabama signed were way lower be right before they committed to Alabama. And then the next ranking post coming to Alabama, they just skyrocketed up the rankings. There's all types of reasons that I just say, it's not going to happen. And somebody asked me, do I still feel like it's, they can't get number one class. I'm going to be honest. It's going to be tough. And there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but this is the first time I've actually felt that Notre Dame can get a number one ranked class, not just in the practical way, which, which, which we look at and say, you know, after you break it down and the, the impact talent, the depth, balance, meeting needs, all those things, more of a practical number one class. Because you and I were talking about AM's class. There's some dudes in that AM class. But there's also some holes in that AM class. You know, I mean, they they have what was it? Um, like all, half their class is in three positions, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and it, so it, 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 there's a lot more that goes into it, but can you be number one from like a, a practical standpoint? Can you, or can you be number one from a recruiting ranking standpoint? I thought one was possible for Notre Dame. I didn't think the other was, but what we're going to discuss today is whether or not that is possible and what would it have to look like for Notre Dame to get to that level. And yeah. so it's sort of that chase for number one and having a number one ranked class, practically speaking, Ryan, and that's where we're going to start off with is what is it going to, what does Notre Dame need to do practically to get that kind of that, whether it's number one or whatever, but that, that program changing 2023 class. Cause I think when you go back and look at Bama, for example, when their, their reign started, they had a couple good classes. And then the 2000, it was the 2008 class was really good. Like elite class. I think it ended up ranked like number three. It had like Julio Jones, Terrence Cody is a Juco kid. It had some Mark Ingram was in it, who wasn't a highly ranked recruit, but became a really good player. But it was the 2009 class coupled with it that really took Bama to the next level. And it played a role in, you know, that those two classes played a role in their 09 title run. But when they got real good, 11, 12, and beyond, it, those guys were the foundation for that, right? Those two classes kind of kicked off the, the run of just Bama finishing number one like every year, right? So to 22 class for me was sort of that foundational class for Notre Dame, especially on defense. And then you look at Notre Dame pre-2022, they had a great 2021 offensive class. So those two classes kind of laid a really strong foundation that Notre Dame's going to use to build upon in 2022 and 2023 on the field. 
the 2023 class has that chance to be Ryan, that class that takes him over the top. Right. And it's yeah. that elite hall. And as they sit here at number nine, they've got a running back, a tight end. That's it on offense. They got two outstanding top hundred defensive linemen. They've got two linebackers, including a top 50 player in Drake Bowen. They've got a top hundred cornerback in Justin Rett. Uh, the two linemen obviously are Keon Keeley, who's a five star Brendan Vernon, who's a, who's a, a top hundred player ranked in the top 20 by rivals. You've got Peyton Bowen at safety. Who's a top 50 caliber kid. You've got a Don Schuler, Who's a top 200 kid. At Preston Zinter is a top 250 caliber kid, the other linebacker. It's a great start, but obviously if they don't add to it, it's going to be like the rest of their names classes. It's going to be really good, but it's going to be 5 to 10 as opposed to 1 to 3. And, and we're talking practically speaking right now. Yeah. So, Ryan, as you look at it and you say, okay, how do they add to that? I think you and I agree there's one position that has to happen for it to kind of start the the wave that's going to lead to Notre Dame having a number one ranked class. Again, we're talking right now, first, practically speaking, then we're going to dive into what it would it take for them to be the number one ranked class and from a re- recruiting ranking services standpoint. So let's kick it off with practically speaking, as, as we look at it as, as former coaches, what's the, what does it have to happen? And, and it starts off Ryan at quarterback. That's, that's the, that's the big one. They have to land an elite quarterback. Support for Irish Breakdown is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools, and Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code IRISH20STAR at manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived, and oh man, it's a game changer. I got my hands on one of these, and I was impressed. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Brief, which are incredibly comfortable, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. And look, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming. The fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4,000K LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the annoying mess on the bathroom floor after a shave. You can take your grooming game even further. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Nose and ear hair trimmer, which has become increasingly more need as I get older. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which help reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. And trust me when I say this, fellas, your important parts will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts of their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself and go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code IRISH20STAR. 
and get 20% off your free shipping with the code Irish20Star at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping, folks, at manscaped.com using the code Irish20Star. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, it's the gatekeeper, right? The gatekeeper for what we think could be that class where they kind of put everything together. And I think that the cool thing about 2023, Brian, is that I think there's going to be some misnomers that are going to continue to get thrown away as far as how Notre Dame can recruit. Like you just said, Mm -hmm. for the first time, you think that it's possible that they can have a number one class. I remember growing up, it was like, you know, top 10 class would be awesome. Top five now. Wow, that's awesome, man. That's cool. We're, We're almost there. And now I think it's getting to the point now where there's excuses are kind of left at the door. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's just a changing of the understanding of how Notre Dame can recruit, which is awesome to see. Now, of course, for the quarterback, this is going to be a big one, right? If they are able to land, and I know we're going to talk a little more from a specific perspective later, but from a practical approach, landing a five-star caliber quarterback in the vein of a Dante Moore is going to start an avalanche effect. It is right. going to start to snowball. It is and we're going to see the wide receivers, in theory, if they're able to land Dante, wide receivers coming aboard. Harry stands now, of course, back in the fold, getting his recruiting chops back on the fold. Maybe we add another running back if you're Notre Dame. Maybe you add another tight end if you're Notre Dame. Who knows what the offensive class will end up looking like? But all I know is if you get the five-star caliber quarterback that a Dante Moore is – that is the starting point for every class because there's a lot of times, I mean, why do wide receivers wait so long historically to commit to schools? Because they want to see who the quarterback is, right? They Mm want to see that guy. So that is the first point. That is the main point. And that is the gatekeeper for this class for Notre Dame. They have to nail the quarterback position in 2023. And just practically, when we look around the country and we see the teams that are winning championships, it tends to be quarterback. I mean, it tends to be teams usually, not always, but usually teams with outstanding quarterbacks. I mean, that's a that's a vital piece to this puzzle nowadays. I mean, it's it's hard to have that championship team. And people will point to the anomalies like Georgia. But look, that's the exception, not the rule. And that's what you always have to look at. Like, don't give me that one anomaly of, well, you know, well, Kyler Murray's 5'10", so you only need 5'10 quarterbacks from now on. He's the exception, not the rule, right? And and same thing with with other aspects. So whether this guy's a runs a four seven, Jerry Rice ran a four seven. Jerry Rice is the exception, not the rule, right? And there's right. there's other exceptions, but 
you know, you, you have to look at those type of things. And so, and this is one of those, those instances too, where Notre Dame is very fortunate that there is a five-star quarterback that's also coming off a semester in which he had a 4.0 GPA right down the street, two and a half hours away in Detroit. Right. So I think those things all factor into it. But as you said, Dante's the ringleader, he's the Pied Piper because the second aspect of this is you, you talked about it as receiver. Notre Dame has to start being more effective in re- recruiting the receiver position consistently. Notre Dame has landed some stud receivers in the last 15 years. And it goes all the way back to, you know, to 2007 when they landed Duvall Kamar and Golden Tate. A year later, they land Michael Floyd. And Duvall Kamar was a five-star player from – what state was he from? Brian? I don't remember. I don't remember. He's from Jersey. See, you're oh, – you young bucks, man. Uh, he was from Jersey, right? That and then sad. Golden Tate was from Tennessee. A year later, you get Michael Floyd. Uh, who was a five-star recruit. You get Deion Walker, who was a top hundred recruit from Virginia, you know, and then, and then 2009, it's, it's, it, you know, kind of goes down a little bit. You know, I think you got like, I think like Daniel Smith was trying to remember like who was part of that class. It was, it was, it was unimpressive. Right. And, and so, you know, then you kind of go a couple of years where it's like, you, you don't really do great. And then you get like a class where you get Wolf Fuller and Corey Robinson and, and, uh, Tory Hunter Jr. And then the next year, it's like Corey Holmes, who, who I like, but then Justin Brent, who wasn't really a receiver. No, oh, 2009, they got Shaq Evans and Robbie Toma. That's who they got in 2009. And in 2010, they got TJ Jones, who's a good player, but then they combine him with, with you know Daniel Smith and then Bennett Jackson, who ends up moving to defensive back. In 2011, they get DeVaris Daniels, but they don't have another receiver in the class. There's just, just DeVaris Daniels. They missed out on Evan Spencer and some other guys in that class. 2012, they do a nice job. They get they get Chris Brown, Devontae Neal, and Justin Ferguson. Justin Ferguson wasn't a Notre Dame caliber player. Devontae Neal was a weird situation. 2013, they come out and have a great class. And then 2014, you know, it's down again. And then 2015 starts a run of a couple of years where they I thought they did pretty, you know, a couple of years they did pretty well. In 2015, they get Equinemie St. Brown. They got Miles Boykin. Uh, that was an outstanding CJ Sanders, Jalen Guyton, who would have been a really good player for Notre Dame if he doesn't get hurt. 2016, yeah. Chase Claypool, Javon McKinley, Kevin Stefferson. Then the 2017 season comes, and, and you end up getting Michael Young, who was an okay player, Jafar Armstrong. I liked Michael Young. And okay player is kind of what he was in Notre Dame. I actually liked him coming out of high school. Jafar Armstrong was the other. You know, 2018, you have a really good receiver class. Then 2019, you don't have any receivers left on your roster from that. Your 2020 class falls apart because your coach. Like, so they've been able to recruit receivers, but it's been really up and down. And they've, they've like one year, it's all big guys. The next year, it's, it's, there's just, there's no consistency to it, right? Chancey Stuckey's task is to be a great team. You've got to do this every year. Not, oh, this was a great receiver class. And then nothing the next year. Oh, that's a great receiver class. Then nothing the next year. And, and so it, it comes down to recruiting elite classes and then developing them. And that's what Chancey Stuckey is being tasked with. But when you sign a quarterback like Dante Moore and you're coming off of a year in which you signed one receiver and then the class before that has nobody left on the roster at receiver, it's imperative that you not only meet your numbers needs, but you hit it with flat out dudes. You can't afford to take a three-year project in this class they need four and they got to be dudes and that's not an easy task but it's made easier when you land a guy like Dante Moore and that's why it's so important that Notre Dame uh finish this finish that one off and so and then after that 
starts to fall in place. You know, we feel good about where things are at the offensive line. There's at least two top 100 linemen that we feel good about Notre Dame getting right now, right? Monroe Freeling and Charles Jagasol. Yep. And then after that, it's just finishing off the defensive class. It's already off to a great start, right? It's about finishing off that defensive class. And so you've got to finish it the way it starts, right? And that right there has been the issue for Notre Dame. We've seen Notre Dame have a number one ranked class early on before. Last year's class was ranked number one at one point in time, I believe. The year before's class, Blake Fish was ranked number one at one point in time. But they never finished as strong as they started. And sure. that's the key, Ryan. But it ha- it can't just be this position. It's got to be – they got to keep adding dudes everywhere. And that's, yeah. that's a key to this whole thing, Ryan. And I think that one thing that we've seen, Brian, and you could correct me if I am wrong on this sense, right? But it seems that there's been a much more group approach to recruiting this cycle than in most years. Um, I, I think of Braylon James, who we just put out something this morning at Irish Breakdown, where it's not just you know him talking to Chancey Stuckey. Tommy Reese flew out to watch a basketball game and talked shop with them. Marcus Freeman touches base with them two times a week. Like this is a group. Chad Bowden talks to all Chad Bowden, obviously. Yes. Yeah. So he's obviously, I mean, every recruit that we're talking about, we're just going to assume that is, is at the forefront of that recruit. We don't even need to say Chad at this point, like all these guys, man. I mean, that's four main recruiters, right? Like who cares about main and primary recruiters anymore? They have, everybody's a main recruiter in this thing now, which I think is a different approach than maybe we've seen in the past. And that, that gives me some hope. And obviously, we need to see it come to fruition. We need to see what the on-field looks like, the continued momentum in that ball, in that spectrum as well. But I have hope that it is going to finish the way that it has started because it seems that there's just a changing ideology. I keep saying there's a changing, a changing ideology. When we have an effort like this from Notre Dame, where it's not just one main recruiter and a secondary, like they are just throwing everybody out there. These are the guys we want. We have we have found who we want. We have identified them. Now we're throwing out all these guys at you. There's not going to be a day where you don't hear from Notre Dame. Like that's just what it kind of seems like on the path right now. And I, I think that that just I think that should give everybody some hope. That I mean, and you talked about it, right? Big time quarterback. They need a dynamic wide receiver group, and they need numbers in the wide receiver. So that is a paramount position. The offensive line. We've seen offensive line have good recruiting under Coach Quinn, but we need it to continue, right? You need right. to take a step up from the development aspect of everything. And right. then, I mean, defensive back, Coach Mickens and, and everybody. I mean, it needs right. to continue, obviously. But I think that we have – I think there's positivity in that room where you expect that, like, hey, this might be different right now. It could be different. Right. I mean, we, we can't sit there and be like, well, Jeff Quinn did a horrible job recruiting because we're talking about how talented the offensive line class is coming back. You know, so, I mean, if oh, there, were, nice there were, right, there were, he got, there were some breaks he caught, like a guy like Blake Fisher being from your own state. Uh, but, you know, he did some good things to get guys there. And obviously Harry Heastan played a role. I mean, Harry Heastan was the guy that initially recruited guys, two, two of the guys we expect to be starters this year and and Andrew Christophic and, and Josh Lug. So, as you mentioned, it's the development piece, but, yeah, I think the interesting thing too is is how is the new look? Like, there's a lot of buzz and excitement about the the offensive staff and what they're doing as far as who they're going to be able to add. Whereas with the defensive staff, I don't think there's quite as much buzz about that because I think a lot of the buzz is okay. They got to hang on to who they have first, and you know Keon and Peyton Bowen obviously being those guys. I'm I'm still confident they're going to hang on to Keon Keeley. I'm not confident yeah. at all right now they're going to hang on to Peyton Bowen. 
you know, Brian Smith had an update on our board last night. Another reason you need to be a member of the message board. And he talked about, you know, right now he views it as, you know, Notre Dame is kind of Peyton Bowen's leader as opposed to the school he's committed to. I argued, not argued, I discussed with him today when, when Brian called me a little bit ago. I was like, I don't even know if that's it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know if, if, like, he acts more like Oklahoma's his leader. You know what I mean? Like, as far as Notre Dame. And so, you know, but but that's kind of the thing. And and so we're not focused as much on the fact that there still needs to be some adding to that class, too. They can't just finish with who they have. They need at least two more defensive linemen. They need at least two more uh, – at least one more DB if they can hold on to what they have, and they need one more linebacker. So there's some adding that needs to go on. But the big key on defense, more than anything, is just keep what you have. Because there's not another key on key out there that you can get if you lose him. There's not another safety on the board that's like Peyton Bowen that I think they have a shot at. Now, maybe they can come from behind and get Caleb Downs. You know, um, we'll see. He's working on setting up another visit. If he makes that visit, then, hey, they got a puncher's chance. But it's really interesting because a a number one class from a practical standpoint, and what we mean as practical is, is this a, a class that gives you an opportunity to go out there and play and beat anybody? It has to have balance. And offensively, there's a lot of you need to add to it. And I think that's partly why there's so much more buzz is because right now the offensive class doesn't really have anybody, right? There's a running back and a tight end. I'm not concerned about that. As we've said, it's super early. There are some teams only have two to four guys committed, period, much less two on one side of the ball. But at some point in time, you got to start adding them. And and I think that, that a lot of kids around the country, to me, Ryan, and you tell me if you disagree, a lot of kids to me seem like they're kind of waiting on that quarterback shoe to drop for Notre Dame. Yeah. Like they no, like I, Notre Dame, but they want to know that if I'm going to go there, I want to go there with a dude. And that's, that's kind of how I read the situation. Yeah. No, I, I read it very similarly because obviously we've talked to a few kids where we feel good about Notre Dame's chances, but we have also maintained that it's only going to increase with a Dante Moore. So I think that that's, I mean, it's, I mean, especially for wide receivers and offensive linemen in particular, right. Running back skill was like the offense offense in general, you're going to want to wait to see who your quarterback is right. Like it doesn't matter a good wide receiver. It doesn't matter if you don't have a trigger man, like just at, at the end of the day. Right. So, mm-hmm. and it makes total sense because I mean, we talked about it a lot. What's, what's been the position that's held Notre Dame back at times, right. It's been quarterback. And if you want to keep mm-hmm. preaching that things are changing, that has to change too. Like you need to bring some dudes in and you need to develop them. So mm-hmm. I think Notre Dame is obviously we're going to talk about somebody that they're in a really good spot with. If they're able to land him, then I think that the the class, again, I think it starts to snowball from there. And then we really start them to see them put together a good class, but it starts and ends at the quarterback position because you have to prove, because I think that they're already proven that there's some misconceptions about Notre Dame recruiting, that they're changing a little bit already. But I also think that they need to change that perception that Notre Dame can't recruit the quarterback position at a high level and can't develop that position. I think that needs to change, and I think it I think it can change, which is exciting. So quarterback, big-time quarterback, four receivers, at least three of them have to be dudes. Dudes, dudes, yep. They need, to me, they, they can get away with only three offensive linemen. I think four is more of the target number. I think they can get to five in the right scenario, but I don't know if that would take some unique, like they've already got four and Samson, Oakland, Lola, or Monroe Freeling wants to come, right? I think that's how that one would have to go. 
need at least two more defensive linemen. I would argue that they need five, and we can get into that in another another show. I think that'd be an interesting topic to discuss. One, at least one more linebacker. I, although I could see them taking two, but mm-hmm. one is the need. And then if you keep everybody, one more DB, and it's got to be a corner. Uh, ideally a corner so that's where Notre Dame is at that's what the needs are and and the higher level of player that they land at those positions the better chance they have and and of course you could look at like there's a you know get some football players right like I don't know what position Ronan Hannafin is going to play and I don't know if when you land him if I would necessarily check a box for a position group for him I just say look this is a this dude can flat out play and we're going to figure out where he's where he's going to play when the rest of the class takes shape right and Samuel and Pemba kind of look at that. Like that's why if Samuel and Pemba were to commit to Notre Dame, I wouldn't necessarily stop recruiting Darren Gallette and Jaden Osbury and Tamir Robertson because right. he can do so many things. Like if you have a need for another tight end, move him over there, right? If if you my, if my your fa- numbers, my favorite Brian Driscoll saying, I'm sorry to cut you off. My favorite Brian Driscoll it. saying, what position does Samuel and Pemba play? Wherever you want him to play, wherever he wants, <laughs> right? Wherever player. you want, wherever you want him to play. I, you know, if there's a need for another defensive lineman, I mean, the kid's six four two thirty. He, he may be he may be playing opposite Keon Keeley someday. <laughs> you know Could what I be. mean? So Could be. Uh, yeah. so you don't stop recruiting those other dudes. And what I have been told too, Ryan, and you and I have discussed this. I've, I've said this on the the, the show before. Yep. There's some at Notre Dame that think this this class is going to have room for a lot of guys because they there's a thought that there's going to be some movement out of the program as Notre Dame kind of challenges some guys. Right. Meaning this is a new era, this era of just kind of just just work on getting your degree and 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 just, you know, you don't have to really try hard and all you know, in the football field. And all. There's some things where it's like, yeah, if you don't want to work like a champion, then you can go you can go somewhere else and do that. Right. They're not going to force guys out, but it's just the the, the new direction of the program. It's going to be harder for some guys to be like to just go through the motions. And, and so you're going to load up. And load up and load up and just come they they want to remake the roster is what this staff wants to do they want to remake the roster not just from a talent standpoint but from an attitude standpoint that was the most important thing for marcus freeman hiring coaches hey chancy stucky i don't care if you've got one year of coaching experience under your belt i'm expecting you to go against brian hartline i'm expecting you to go against holman wiggins i'm expecting you to go against whoever the freaking heck is coaching receivers at clemson and oklahoma and usc I'm expecting you to go into the rooms of these these kids and get them and beat those schools. That's the expectation. Coach McCullough, I hired you because you're a great coach, but the expectation also is you're going to go out there and get stud running backs every year. Coach and, and Marcus and is, is Coach Freeman has said this publicly, and Coach Heastan has said it publicly. Like he that was a conversation you had with Coach Heastan. Like, hey, because you know he heard the rumors, he heard the, the reports and stuff about Heastan. Coach Heastan was like, Yeah, of course I'm of course I want to crew. I want to coach great players. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and he said, like, okay, I don't like being on a jet or playing all the time but i love getting to know these kids i love doing all that kind of stuff right and he understands it's part of the deal al washington hey you know what you just signed one of the best linebacker classes in the country now your 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 challenge is to sign the best defensive line in the country at notre dame right and it's the same thing i mean he brought jared parker here partly because he believes he's going to be a great recruiter at a place like notre dame they've coached together before he's seen what he can do he's seen what he can do selling purdue and imagine what he's going to do selling the rain. That's the thought process. And and if you're not willing to go, if you're not willing to go toe to toe with Bama and Ohio State and Georgia and Clemson, then go coach somewhere else. I mean, that's exactly what's the message that's been delivered by Marcus Freeman. And now it's okay. Now you got to go land him, right? It's great to have that philosophy, but you know, 
if if the head coach at Rutgers was like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to beat it. Like, eh. <laughs> that sounds great and all, coach, but eh, it ain't happening. You know, at Notre Dame, you can, you can do that. You should be able to do that. And that was the article that I wrote on Friday was about, Ryan, was the one thing I love about Marcus Freeman and this, this staff is that they are destroying the the narrative of, oh, you have to shop down a different aisle. And, you know, there's X amount of kids that don't want to come to this, this whole thing of, well, 40% of the – there's a, Notre Dame can only get 40% of the top 100 players. That's 40 players. You only need 25. You know what I mean? So, like, you couldn't sign every kid in the top 100 that wants to come because who has the grades. I mean, think about that. But the way it was perceived was, oh, only 40%. Oh, that's why they can't win. Well, 40% of the top 100 players is still way more than you can actually – I mean, legally you're only allowed to sign 25, right? You can go a little past that because of the way that they handle early enrollees. But Notre Dame's never going to go past 30. That means there's 10 leftovers, right? Mm-hmm. Go get those guys. If it's only 40%, then go get those – that 40%, right? And and so I think that's kind of been the challenge of this whole excuse making for, oh, it's hard, it's this. Yeah, it's hard. So work hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go do the job. And it's also the other positive, the other change, and this is this is where the, the former head coach gets a little bit of credit, you know, because they he hired people that helped them get to that point, is what people have to understand, too, is kids that are in the 2023 class were in middle school the last time Notre Dame wasn't really good. And think about that. Like in their lifetime, that of in their formative years, Notre Dame has been a minimum ten and three team every year. True, minimum. Yeah. And they've been in mm-hmm. two playoffs, right? That's what these kids have grown up on. They didn't grow up on Charlie Weiss and Bob Davy and Ty Willingham, like kids that were being recruited when Brian Kelly first got here. It's a different era. Notre Dame's a different animal now. And if you put in the work, as Marcus Freeman and staff are showing, you can get those kids. If you're unwilling to do the work, then it's easier to make excuses for why you can't get those players. It's hard. We got to shop down a different aisle. And on the way to going shopping, I'm going to swing by the golf course real quick. Just, just, you know, let you know, I'm going to go to this speaking engagement where everybody can tell me how much they love me as opposed to going down there and grinding on the recruiting trail. Right. So it's easier to just say, well, it's just, it's too hard. We got to shop down a different aisle. Marcus Freeman's not making those excuses and he's not allowing his staff to make those excuses. And that's why, Ryan, I think for the first time in a long time, I feel like, hey, you know what? I actually think they do have a chance. And I've been someone who's always been like, those excuses are BS. And even I am surprised by how well they're recruiting right now. I think also part of it, too, that we have to explain, we have to acknowledge is I don't know if it's possible every year to do this because it is a unique year in that there are there's a lot more really highly ranked northern kids and we addressed this last week it's true you're not going to get a cardinal tate from chicago and a dante Moore from detroit every year mm-hmm. rodney gallagher's don't come along every single year in in pittsburgh braylon james tyson right there's yeah. multiple highly ranked kids in massachusetts right uh you, you don't often find a kid although it's happened more than you think you don't often find a kid like braylon james who's so academically oriented that he's going to notre dame's going to be his leader before he ever visits it's not, but my point is that will happen more often than the five star from Chicago, or Illinois, because Marvin Mims, the kid who's a stud at Oklahoma, had previ- was previously committed to Stanford. Notre Dame was never in the game for him. You can guarantee that if Chancey Stuckey was coaching and there was a, the next Marvin Mims, Notre Dame would be in the game for him. And so, you know, there's a five star offensive lineman from Illinois, 
right? There's there's just an abnormal. There's a five star offensive lineman to your point from Massachusetts. There's a stud athlete linebacker from Mass. There's another four star top two fifty linebacker from Massachusetts. It's just one of those unique years where there's just a few more northern kids that they can get unless that continues. You're you're probably saying okay to get to that number one from a recruiting ranking standpoint might be a little bit tougher, but let's 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 talk about that, Ryan. Yep. For Notre Dame to get the number one ranked recruiting class in the country, there mm-hmm. there has to be sort of, I mean, there's there's certain. How do we say this? There's there's certain uh, um, criteria. So, yeah, like there's certain ranges, right? Let, let's let's put it that way. There's certain ranges you have to get to. Mm-hmm. And we we kind of you know, we were talking before the show and, and we we kind of put this together to kind of to show like this right here is sort of a a look at so since the playoff era, this is the 247 composite rankings. This is sort of the range of you have to get to. I think I look at that 2016 Bama class as sort of the anomaly. Right. That's the low end, that 302. That's kind of a okay, you're not going to be able to be that low and, and consistently be a number one ranked class. I think the the AM 330 is a little bit of an anomaly on the high side. I think when you kind of look down to it, it's that 313 to 325 is sort of the range that you have to be at. Right. And you know, there's a number of you know, five stars. You've you've got to get minimum three star three five-star recruits from this. Again, we're talking recruiting ranking standpoint. You've got to get minimum 14 to 15 four-star kids in addition to the five stars. You need at least, I would say, six top 50 players. Again, we're took we're looking at that 2016 Bama class as the anomaly, right? And so you need at least six top 100, top 50 recruits. You need at least, in my opinion, 11 to 12 top 50 recruits. You need at least for, somewhere between 17 to 21 total top 250 recruits. That's that's where you need to be to get to a number one ranked class. That's a lot of, I mean, you're talking about, I'm going to pull that up again, minimum three to four five stars. Notre Dame doesn't have three to four five stars on the 24-7 composite rankings on the roster right, <laughs> right now at this point. Now, again, that doesn't bother me because there's some guys that are, Isaiah Foskey's, I'm sorry, he's a five star. Whether he was ranked as one or not, you you, you know what I mean? But and we've had this conversation, but to, to get to a ranking standpoint. So that's where you need to be. The question I want to ask you first, Ryan, and that we, I want us to discuss first is people say, you know, like like somebody somebody says, um, somebody, Nicholas Gross earlier said, like, look, if you get all the players you want and it's from an impact standpoint, blah, 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 it doesn't matter where you're ranked. Well, I've said for years that it, it doesn't, practically speaking. But I do think it matters from a from a perception standpoint, Ryan. And when you go on the recruiting trail next year and you just signed the number one or number two class, whether that practically means a darn thing when you go out on the football field that year, it does carry weight when you go in, in, in to rec- you know, go into the living rooms. Hey, you're the well, we're number two right now. This is right before the December signing day. We're number two right now. We get you, we're going to be number one. Or, hey, we just signed the number one class. Look what we're building. We're building a championship team. you got to come be a part of it when you're talking to 2024 20, kids. So. I think from a perception standpoint, Ryan, it does carry weight to have a class that you can point to and and say, look at what we were ranked by such and such. This is evidence that we are we've caught Bama, we've caught Georgia. Now, you and I know, and and everybody here knows, you haven't caught those teams till you beat them on the field. Right? But what was the first step for Georgia to beat Bama? 
It was to go start beating Bam on the recruiting trail. That eventually led to them to have the horses to beat Bam on the field, right? And so yeah. I do think that there's there is merit to ha- there is Im- impact to having a number one ranked class when you talk about from a perception standpoint. And perception is in recruiting is very important. Yeah, no, and I think it's I mean like you you kind of already talked about right like when we're moving to the next class right 2024 let's just say for a second so we're talking about sophomores about to enter their junior year and if notre dame did end let's just say hypothetically for a speak speaking for a second let's say they ended with a number one class or top three class for instance mm-hmm. like, let's just stay there for a second it is so easy to sell that hey the trajectory of this program is heading in such a different direction because right now Texas A&M is using that on the trail. And we talked about the practicality of Texas A&M's class, right? Seven mm-hmm. defensive linemen in that class. I would be shocked if all seven of them ended up leaving, being on that team in two years. Like, I just mm-hmm. – I mean, straight up, right? Because there's just not enough reps to go around. There's not enough positions to go around for that type of class. Plus, the, I'll, plus I'll say it since I know you don't want to say it. Sure. Kids who go to a school because of a payout, Yep. are also smart enough to know that if I enter into the transfer portal in the year and I'm still considered this guy, there's going to be another payout waiting, right? You know, I may stay wrong. where I'm at, but now I've created another bidding war. These one-time payments aren't going aren't gonna to end with these kids. I, look, I'm just telling – look, I've been pretty right about how this all is going to go, right? The tra- How the transport is going to be, how the NIL is going to go. I'm telling you, the schools like A&M, the basically buy mercenary type recruits, those kids aren't committed to you for three years. You're going to have to buy them off every year. It's like from Pony XS, like you got a payroll to meet now. You know what I mean? And they, they're not going to just stop taking that money because you gave it to them that one time. So I, I'll, I know you don't want to say it. I'll say it. But anyway, please continue with your yes. point. No, no, you're fine. So, <laughs> I mean, perception is, right, the next class, the 2023 class for Texas A&M that they're recruiting, they'll say, we just signed the best class in the country. We are about to be Bama. We're about to beat those guys. We are moving in the right direction. But practicality says maybe it's not the number one class when you just kind of say, but does it fit together, right? Does it mesh? Is this a class that is sustainable, right? Like, I don't know if it's sustainable. Notre Dame, though, if they do it the right way, you're looking forward and, and these guys, what whether it's right or wrong, they're going to look at the class and say, oh, wow, they they did that on the trail. Because, I mean, so, like we talked about, wide receivers know who Dante Moore is, right? But does every every future prospect, do they know who Preston Zinter is? Do they know this guy? Have they seen those guys play? There's So that the perception is the numbers that we're going to – that Brian just highlighted, right? That three – at 330, Texas A&M mm-hmm. just put up. Or again, is it sustainable? That's a completely different conversation, and I would say that it isn't. But either way, the next wave of Texas A&M recruits are going to look at that number and say, wow, they signed Shamar Stewart and Walter Nolan and all these dudes, and they had the top-ranked class and the highest-graded class in a few years. They're going to look at that, and they don't care mm-hmm. as much about the names as they do about the data that people put in front of them. Right. So. Notre Dame being able to land that type of class is going to have resonance for years to come. Right. The next class, the class after that, they all want to play with Dante Moore, but more than anything, right, they're going to want to play with a great, great team. And that is what right. Notre Dame has potential to highlight here in this class. In my right. Opinion. So what's it going to take to get to number one? We kind of showed the point system. 
So what Ryan and I did is we got on the phone beforehand and we kind of went through what we thought would be a, a realistic great class for Notre Dame, which means realistic means you're not hitting all your guys, right? So you don't get all four of your top four receivers. You don't get your top four offensive linemen. You don't get your top four defensive linemen per se, right? You don't go, oh, you're going to flip a five-star corner. You're not getting Caleb Downs, right? Like we're trying to be realistic here of guys that we think Notre Dame either leads for or is in the top three, four. Would you say it's fair to say that every kid we picked mm-hmm. is Notre Dame is either the leader or in the top three? Yes. Okay? Would, every kid that's that. on this list. Yep. And it go. it looks like this. So this would be the class that we kind of, the hypothetical class that we talked about. Dante Moore, quarterback. Cedric Irvin and Jeremiah Love at running back. Carnell Tate, Braylon James, Rodney Gallagher, and Malik Elzey at receiver. We thought about putting Jaden Greathouse because, but again, we don't want to have it to where they hit the inside straight and get all four of those guys, right? We're trying to be realistic. How often does that happen? But we'll talk about Jaden Greathouse a little bit. Cooper Flanning at a tight end. Again, realistically, we're not going to put Deuce Robinson in there because right now they're not in his top three. I don't even know how hard they're recruiting him at this point in time. We do know that they've reached out. They're still involved, but how much? I don't know. Offensive line went Monroe Freeling, Charles Jagasaw, Austin Saraveld, and Elijah Page. Good offensive line class, not like this generational offensive line class. We don't have Samson Okanola on there because right now, although we think he might be in the top three, he's so kind of not engaged in recruiting. It's hard to really know where exactly they stand. They got to get him on campus and all this kind of stuff. So we're being realistic. We don't have him in there. Defensive line-wise, we have Keon Keeley, Brennan Vernon, Jason Moore, and Bubakar Traore. I hope I said that correctly. At linebacker, we've got Drake Bowen, Preston Zinter, and Samuel Mpemba. At corner, we've got Justin Rett and Christian Gray. At safety, we have the kids already committed. And then we have Ronan Hannafin at, at, at athlete. So, like, we didn't add Darren Gallette, who we think Notre Dame – might be in the top three to four. You, you, you're going to have an update sure. on the board here in a little bit about Darren Gallette. Uh, we didn't add Tamir Robinson, who I would argue Notre Dame's in the top two, four. But again, we're, we're trying to be realistic that they don't meet all their numbers and needs. Every You're always going to fall short somewhere. Offensive line class could easily be better than the one we just presented, but we're trying to give like a a, a somewhat realistic class. So we added that class up, and then we went over to the 247 Sports uh, class calculator, which is actually a really cool feature. You can actually add kids to the class and then see what the points would be. And what we came up with is that class. And, and I think everybody listening right now would say that's a realistic class. That's like based on where things stand right now, that's a realistic class. That class would be 315.97. Well, when you pull up what we showed earlier, 315.97 would have been ranked number one in 2020. It would have been ranked number one in 2016, and it would have been ranked number one in 2015. So mm-hmm. two Bama classes and then the Georgia class would served as a foundation for this year's title team. It'd be higher than that, and it's below some of the others. But that right there, right to your point, is just that realistic class gets Notre Dame in the top three, in my opinion, yeah. and, and, and gives them a class that in other years would have been a number one rank caliber class. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, and I just, again, realistic, right? And I don't even think that's... I mean, we're not stretching things there, right? Because there's other guys that Notre Dame feels good about and we feel pretty good about that Brian mentioned already where it's not unreasonable to think that Tamir Robinson or Darian Galletz could be in the class. Someone in that conversation, Mm -hmm. Samson and Colola, potentially, right? And obviously that one's a, it's going to be a battle for sure. But the the point is that I think there's a baseline for this class where they can be in that conversation. Will they finish as number one class? Recent, 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 recency bias would say, Maybe not, but they would be very close. It would be a conversation. They would be in the top Mm -hmm. two or three. They would be like shoulder, like they would be head to head with whoever the assumed leader was, whether that is Texas A&M or Alabama or Georgia, whoever the top of the class ends up being, right? Like Notre Dame will be in that ballpark. And just the fact that they are there, that they can Mm -hmm. compete, it's a great baseline, man. Mm Because again, if they pull off just a couple surprises on the trail, just a couple, and they they close out on every player that we think that they are in the lead for, and that they should close out for. This is the chance to be in the ta- like we talked. To, you talked about right. The twenty twenty one class was kind of a table setting class for the defense. Twenty twenty two, sorry, the other way around. Twenty twenty one was kind of a table setting class for offense. Twenty twenty two was kind of a table setting class for defense. Now, if Notre Dame is able to put that in a back to back to back type of cycle here and pulls off. Their best, I mean, honestly, Brian, we talked about this before we started. Their best class since. Well, you asked me that, and I said, look, this is the, this, that would be the best class they've signed just from a recruiting ranking stand, just a recruiting standpoint, not rankings, but recruiting standpoint. Since I really started paying attention to recruiting as an adult, which is kind of like 2000, right? And I was in college at the time. I, I was 12 when the 1990 class signed. I can only look back at it retroactively. I don't know what it was like coming out. Luce Emoji said that's the best class he's ever seen. But I can't compare it to that because, again, I was 12. So I couldn't tell you what my emotions were, what my evaluations were. We know what that class became, right? And we're not saying this class is going to be that because recruiting and development are two completely different things. But it, it's clearly, hands down, the best class they've signed since I've been an adult. And I'm 43. It's a long time. 
And it's a balanced class. It's got elite players, all those type of things. So when when you look at that class, so let's pull up, let's pull up this again, Ryan, and show people that, right? So how would it stack up? Okay, it, that class, looking at the 247 sports rankings, it would have four five stars. So mm-hmm. again, it's on the bottom part of that. It would have 17 total four stars, which is in a good place there. I mean, it's near the top of that group. Yep. It would have six top 50 players, which is on the bottom part of the need there, which we said is like minimum six. It has 12 total top 100 players, which is kind of in the bottom, you know, the bottom of those ranges. It has 17 top 250 players, which would be on the bottom of those ranges. So again, it's 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 closer to the bottom of those ranges, but it's in those ranges, right? That doesn't include, like we mentioned, some guys may be moving up the ranking, some guys moving down. We can't control that right now. We can just kind of go off what they're ranked right now. But that's a that I mean that is that is kind of that is kind of big in regards to um, just looking at at where Notre Dame stands with everything. So when we when we kind of look at that class, Ryan, you say, okay, well, what can they do to make the class even better? You know, and and say so we so we started kind of doing some some thoughts. So so let's look at some guys we think that Notre Dame actually has a legitimate shot at, and what that would do to the ranking. So as we said, three fifteen point nine seven. So we said, what if they replaced Sam, What if they landed Samson Okanlola, in instead of Austin Saraveld, for example? That would jump Notre Dame up to three nineteen point two four. What if they got Jaden Greathouse instead of Malik Elzey? That would jump them up to 320.13, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, again, let's pull that up. 320 puts them really close to a lot of those other classes, like very close to a lot of those other classes. And at this point in time, Ryan, I think when we when we look at it, it's one of those things where when you look at this class, you say, okay, it's not quite there yet, but it's close. And now you're in a situation where we just added Lola who I think we would both argue and agree Notre Dame is probably in the top three right now for Jaden Greathouse. I would argue they're in the top, definitely in the top three, four, the kids already got two visits scheduled to Notre Dame. And if we have actually a, a master visit list at, at, uh, at Irish breakdown on our message board, we have Jaden Greathouse coming. He's going to be coming in the spring. But the other thing is he's already talked about, he's going to come back for a, I believe it was Ryan story had this, He's going to come back in the summer for a camp. He's going to camp at Notre Dame. And it's not camp from the standpoint of he needs to earn an offer. Trust me, Notre Dame already loves Jane Greenhouse. If he wanted to commit tomorrow, they would take it. But it's more of just about him wanting to work with Chancey Stuckey, just kind of get some of that firsthand experience working with Coach Stuckey. And I think that's a big, big thing. So when you look at it, you add those two guys, and you say, okay, that's a that gets you to 320. So kind of what gets you to that next level? And I'm going to bring that back up. What gets you to that next level, right? That 323, like if you get to 323, it's, I mean, you're right there. You're right there as a, not just like number one-ish, but number one. And and that and to get that, it would require them to get like a guy that's not on the board. So as opposed to replacing a guy, it would be more about, landing someone that right now we don't expect to land. So let's just say hypothetically they're able to land deuce, right? Like replacing guys with other highly ranked, higher ranked guys only gets you so far. It's, it's, you got to go get someone that right now they're not expected to get. 
So a Deuce Robinson, like Ryan, I think the example you used when we were talking before was like, you know, a corner that we don't expect them to get right now. That's like a yeah. top hundred guy, a, th- a, third, take- a third corner, like a Micah Tease right. or someone right. like that ballpark. Or, yeah, or exactly. getting Jaden Greathouse on top of those other four receivers or getting Samson Okalola on top of those other guys as opposed to replacing somebody. Sure. Uh, adding a fifth defensive lineman would be that if it was like a top hundred guy. Like De- adding Devin Houston as the fifth D lineman, which I would be all about, uh, doesn't move the needle. It's like a half a point, right? And so from a ranking standpoint, it doesn't really move the needle. Going out and adding a you know a- another Jason Moore caliber player, a Bubakar caliber player, that would do it. But again, mm-hmm. I don't know if that guy's realistically on the board right now. Because again, what we don't want to do in all these discussions. I think you all know us well enough to know. You know me well enough to know. And part of the reason Ryan and I get along so well is because he sees it the same way is we don't want to blow smoke up your keisters and make you think that this is going to happen. But we know it's not. That's why we never are hardly ever talked about Nico as a quarterback option for Notre Dame. We never talked about it. Everybody kept asking us about uh, the the Toviano kid from Texas visiting. Right. Well, we're here and he's going to visit. We hardly ever talked about it. Well, what did we have in Brian's intel piece last night? He hardly ever talks to Notre Dame. He's not coming to Notre Dame, right? Now, we could have got some clickbaity stories out of that and talked about it and all that, but we're not going to do that. So when we're talking about this class, we actually think that's a doable class. This isn't like in the past I'd put like a dream class together, and that's exactly what it was. It was a dream. It's not going to happen, right? Like I had dreams when I was a teenager about meeting Christy Brinkley. It was never going to happen, right? And I'm dating myself a little bit, but, you know, if you were my age and you grew up watching National Lampoon's Vacation, you would have understood why I felt that way. But you get the point that I'm making, right, Ryan? Like it's a dream class is like, hey, if they do this, they're going to finish number one. Everybody can say that. You know, Michigan can say that. Michigan State can say, if we land all these guys, we'll be number one. We're trying to give you what we feel is a realistic class. And this is the first time that I've ever really felt this deep into the recruiting process that Notre Dame actually had that opportunity. Now, there's people in the chat right now talking about how Carnell Tate's talking about big news coming tomorrow. Our anticipation of that big news is what was reported on our message board 10 days ago. I think at least, which is he plans on releasing a top three coming up very soon. Uh, And he's releasing it the day he's supposed to arrive at Notre Dame. I think I can safely say without stealing the kid's thunder that Notre Dame will be in that list. Uh, Ohio State will be in that list. But again, this is another reason, folks, why you need to be on the message board. Because Sean had this update March 3rd, 4th, something (laughs) like that. Um, So it's kind of funny. Yesterday, when, when I saw it being, Ryan drove me, we saw that it was being reported that uh, by people that Cardinal Tate was visiting on the 17th and people on our message board were like, yeah, we've known that for like two weeks, <laughs> you know, cause Sean had that on the board. So just another reason we encourage you to be a part of the message board is that's just stuff that you're only going to be able to find at uh, the Irish breakdown premium message board, which you can find a link to below or you can find it. See that scrolling thing. That's where you can find it. <laughs> so Ryan, that's a realistic class. Would you agree? Yeah. And I think that yeah. gets them in that wheelhouse. Now beyond that, it's like so close. So as we see though, that's a realistic class. That's not going to be an easy class to get. <laughs> That's no, not going to be easy at no. all. Yeah. I, I mean, so. it's, it's it's definitely realistic, but there is some optimism, obviously, right? We included guys that maybe necessarily aren't number one Notre Dame right now, but are top two to three, right? Like they're in the ballpark, so they should be able mm-hmm. to at least, you know, continue that push. So it's not 
a hundred percent conclusion that all the players that we listed are going to be coming to Notre Dame. It's just Notre right. Dame at this point has put themselves in very good position. And if they're in good right. position and we think that they can be the closers that we believe they can be, right. they'll have an opportunity to end up at Notre Dame. And that's the great unknown about, if we're being honest, that's the great unknown about where the staff is. Like what we're hearing about Chancey Stuckey on the recruiting trail is phenomenal. I mean, it's like, it's impressive, but he has zero commits as of right now. Right. Right. Okay, yeah. how is he going to close? Can Jared Parker go out there and get involved with a tight end that, that's not on the board right now that's highly ranked and get him? We don't know. Uh, Coach, he stands back. He's done some great things. Is he a guy that is we're going to look at and say, okay, he's going to get all these – he's going to get his top five guys, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to be realistic here. Uh, they're going to get Darren Gallette, Jaden Osbury, and Samuel Pemba, and Tamir Robbins. Like, we're, 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 we're trying to be realistic here, right? It's going to take a lot of work. We don't know if Al Golden's going to be able to close on those guys. We don't know if Mike Mickens can go out there and get another stud corner. He's got it. You know, this is a big year for Mike Mickens on the field and on the recruiting trail. Uh, we can can Chris O'Leary hang on to Peyton Bowen? That that's a big question mark, right? So there's still a lot of unknowns about this staff. But the the, the exciting thing is, is as of right now, they've put themselves in great position, great position because. That class that we just talked about, Ryan, that's not a bad a thousand class. That ain't happening. You're not batting a thousand. It's just not gonna happen. Nobody does. AM at defensive line did, but not everyone, not everywhere else. Nobody bats a thousand everywhere. It's a it's but it's a class that we think could be special. And then somebody more we want want more salty Driscoll. You got some of that on Friday, that's for sure. That's, that's I don't know if you listened to the beginning of, of my attack on uh, the University of Texas. I did not we did not get demonetized, by the way, which I was very surprised by. I was very encouraged by. Uh, but it says if Notre Dame does get to a, a 320 or greater, doesn't that limit the availability of high, high, highly ranked players left for others to add to their class, automatically making the possible score for others lower? In theory, that there, there's that's sort of correct. I mean, for example, okay, if you if you beat Ohio State for Cardinal Tate, that's one less five star receiver that Ohio State's going to be able to get. If you beat Ohio State for Samson Okunlola, that's a five star offensive lineman that they're not going to be able to get. So, in theory, you're 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 onto something, in my opinion. It, it there's but there's enough kids in the South, however, for an Alabama, a Texas A&M. And Notre Dame is not necessarily going to steal that many kids from Bama, right? They're mm-hmm. going to take some, we believe, and, and Bama's trying to take some from Notre Dame. But like last year, for example, A&M was number one at 330. Bama was number two at 322. So if Bama repeats what they did last year, they're still ahead of Notre Dame, right? And, and so to your point, there's merit to that. In 2021, Bama had the number one class at 327. Ohio State was number two at 321. So we've seen years recently where the number two class was higher. Now in 2020, nobody got to 320. And so it, it just, it varies year by year. It just depends on if some, some like, if Notre Dame hits the inside straight on everybody they want, there's, the, 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 and they get up to 320 something, there's enough kids out there for an A&M in uh, an Alabama, a, a team like a Georgia coming off a title to still have enough guys to go out and also get a just as good class. So yeah. that's. Well, I, I think but, also, Brian, it's, it's like, yes, in a vacuum, Notre Dame scoring higher than typically in that scale would, would take away from others. Right. But also mm-hmm. 
that's also dependent on how other schools are. So like Clemson obviously right. lost, loses Brent Venables, for instance, right? And they lose a part, parts of their staff. Tony Elliott, right. Yeah, right. So they've lost a bunch of bunch of really good recruiters. So them leaving, how much does that knock down Clemson down the peg just naturally, right? That doesn't have that much to do with Notre Dame depreciating their value on the recruiting trail, but just their actual attrition from losing so many coaches. So there's a lot of factors to it, which it, but it's a fascinating question. I do think that there is some merit to saying – Notre Dame's level up will take away from others, but also you have to consider there is context of what other schools are doing that are right. usually big players in the market. Right. As well. Right. So like if Notre Dame finishes with a class we talk about, it hurts Oklahoma's chances of being that high. It hurts Texas's chances of being that high, but the team that hurts the most is Ohio state. It makes it almost impossible for Ohio state to finish with a higher class. Because the thing we have to talk about is we have to go all the way back to the beginning of the conversation of why we think they have a chance to be number one is it's an abnormally high year, higher high year for highly ranked northern kids. Bama wasn't banking on its class having Carnell Tate and Samson Okanola and Dante Moore and Rodney Gallagher and Jason Moore and guys like that, right? They're still going to have those southern kids that they've been getting, okay? And so Notre Dame's going to be number one. It, it, it's going to be because they get all those they, they they land all those northern kids. That hurts Ohio State a whole lot more than it hurts Bama or Georgia, right? If Notre Dame does what we think they can do in Texas, that's going to take a little sting out of AM potentially. But what made AM number one last year wasn't cleaning up in Texas. It was getting Anthony Lucas from Arizona. It was getting Shamar Stewart from Florida. It was getting Anai White from Maryland, D.C. area. They went all over to buy players, I mean, to sign players. Uh, and so, you know, you, you look at it and say, and somebody says it hurts Michigan too. Michigan was never going to be in contention to have a number one ranked class. We're talking about the teams that have a shot to finish number one. Uh, but it does hurt Michigan's chances to to be that. And Ryan, you and I have talked about this before Notre Dame can become the national powerhouse. They have to first become the, the northern powerhouse. And that means you've got to start beating Ohio State. And I think that to me is if they're going to finish number one, that's the team they're going to have to start beating more is, is yeah. that guy is that program yeah. beat them for Dante Moore Cause they wanted Dante Moore. They just couldn't get their foot in the door with him. Really? Uh, if, if you've got to, you've got to beat them for Cardinal Tate. You have to Chicago's closer to you than it is Columbus. You have to get him. You have yeah. to, he coach Eastman has to go out and beat Ohio state for Samson, Oklahoma, right? They have to beat Penn state and for, for Rodney Gallagher. Like that's the big thing. Texas has been cleaning or Ohio state's been cleaning up with big time Texas receivers. There's a couple of them down there. You got to be the school that goes down there and gets those guys this year, not Ohio state. Yeah. So I think that is step one for Notre Dame is making Ohio state be the number two team in the North. Once you do that, then you can set your sights on, okay, Bama, here we come. Right. right. Georgia, here we come. And that's really, to me where this, even if they don't finish number one, if they're in the top three and they're ahead of Ohio state, that to me would send shockwaves to more kids that will matter for Notre Dame than than it would, you know, with some other areas. Because where have we talked about Notre Dame? Notre Dame needs to do better in Maryland, D.C. They got to get any top kids from the Northeast in the in Pennsylvania. They got to start dipping into Ohio and get the Catholic school kids. They got to go up to the state of Michigan and get big time players. They got to go out to Chicago and get those guys. Well, what's the school right now that's cleaning up in all those areas? So Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah. Yeah. And you know, think of think of the studs they've got from the DC area recently. I'll give you one, Chase Young. He doesn't suck. Pretty, pretty right? good player. <laughs> you pretty know good. what I mean? Like they just went out and got a stud receiver from Chicago last year. Like they're cleaning up in those areas. Notre Dame has to now start beating them in those areas. So to me, that's the first thing that happens. And of course, 
they're going to get a chance to have a statement in that on September 3rd. But, you know, to me, that's you got to beat them on the recruiting trail first. And they did that a little bit last year. And they've done that now multiple times in the 2023 class already. They got to now yeah. keep doing it. And that's mm-hmm. going to be key. Yeah. Yep. I mean, obviously you mentioned Brandon Vernon obviously is, is one out of Ohio this year. Joshua Burnham was out of Ohio last year, right? Which was a big victory for Notre. Actually, no, he was out of Michigan. Excuse me right. for a second. Um, but I think that it's huge, Brian, because you meant we keep, we talked about Cornell Tate and obviously there's a lot of excitement over Cornell Tate. If coming down to it, it seems Notre Dame and Ohio state are probably the two right. leaders for Cornell Tate. And with what with what Ohio State has done, specifically at wide receiver, <laughs> recruiting and developing. I mean, if Chancey Stuckey, in one of his first victories, is able to say, "I beat Brian Hartline for yeah. Cornell Tate," that's a, that yeah. that is. I mean, that right. is a, a that is a mission, man, and that is a statement victory early on in that tenure. So there's I I. I I think there that Notre Dame has an opportunity to change a lot of narratives, a whole lot right. of narratives. And right. this is this is a couple statements early on that it seems. Well, and Texas wants Braylon James. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian has a national title under his belt. If you can go down into Texas and beat them for a Braylon James, if you can beat Ohio State for a yeah. five-star receiver they want with what they've done at receiver in recent years, it's not just, hey, you're adding players, Ryan. Your point is it, they're, they're changing narratives. They're beating. They're, they're, yeah. they're, it, it, they really are. They're making you know Notre Dame becomes the cool place. That's what happened in 1990. I mean, you know, from like 89 to like 91, 92, you know, Notre Dame was land, well 91 for sure. Notre Dame landed some elite classes because it became the cool place to go to, right? And and that's that's a key. And what cool means like you can go there and win and and you know be a high pick. And that's what we mean by cool. Not like oh it's fun. It just means hey man like you can go there and achieve everything you want to go to. Oh, and by the way, there's some added benefits to it. And there's, there's a lot of kids that are attracted. Some kids are never going to care about what Notre Dame can do for them academically. That's why I've always said Notre Dame cannot compete with those big time schools for five-star basketball players because they mm-hmm. can't sell what makes Notre Dame unique because a five-star basketball player is going to be in college for one year. Doesn't matter right. what the academic progress, you know, success you have. It, it doesn't move the needle. And so Notre Dame can't sell that in men's basketball. Women's basketball, they can because most women's basketball players are in college for at least three years, right? And so, football, you can sell that, and and a lot of a lot of top players like that. I mean, we just talked about some several top highly ranked kids that are very good students. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Dante Moore's a four student. Braylon James is a five I believe his school district is a five scale. So yeah. there's plenty of kids like that, and I think that's. Now it's about you got to go get them, but it takes work. And so it's going to be about closing. But I have come around to the idea, at least for this 2023 class, that mm-hmm. I do believe Notre Dame has an opportunity to get a number one ranked class in both areas that, that matter. The, the primary area that matters, which is that's a class that can go compete with and beat anybody, right, practically speaking. And then there's the rankings aspect of it. Well, and so. I think that Braylon James was a very interesting one too, Brian, because you just keep saying winning battles, right? Like he's right in the University of Texas backyard. His sister went to the University of Texas and they are in contention. And again, you said it, they're the leader for him without him even getting to campus yet, right? right? Which I think, again, that kid, I feel, I mean, I mean, I put out a, a, a article last week about they're just they're just want to, to be in Texas over the last few years just hasn't seemed to be there. Like they just don't have a presence. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you can go 
to a kid that is playing in University of Texas' backyard in the state of Texas that has never visited your, your campus and you are the assumed leader even before he visits. I think it just is speaking again more evidence to where this could potentially be going. Now, you have to close on a Braylon James, but it's, right. I think it does speak volumes that just the efforts that is putting in on the trails. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.